Hello and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. You are here with Dude and Andy, a couple of special fellas that like to talk about music. We're very special. And, uh, <laughs> so precious. We like to talk about the albums and recommend the albums. Andy, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, you know, all things considered, not too bad, not too bad. What are you talking about? It's springtime, the birds Spring. are flying yeah. around, the trees are blooming, there's squirrels taking over the world because humans are staying locked in their homes. <laughs> I think the squirrels are getting bigger, man. I don't know. The squirrels, squirrels in my backyard are like freaking small tanks. I noticed the animals right are getting bolder, bro. <laughs> They're like, oh, are we taking this thing back? <laughs> you guys don't want this? Well, you're done? Really? Okay. <laughs> Caught a squirrel driving my truck the other week. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here. You're here, listeners, so that uh, we can talk about six albums that we recommend that we've been keeping ourselves occupied with. Yeah, thank God for music, man. I yeah. So much appreciate that Bristol Records coming out and that they're actually good. It's so helpful <laughs> to have something to look forward to. Yeah, it really is. All right, Andy, why don't you fill us in on what kind of music we're going to be talking about today. Well, we're combining a lot of genres together on the show today. We like to keep everyone, a little something for everyone, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Viva Variete. <laughs> we try to, we try to please, please the masses here. So, we got some Afro-punk. It's a cool combination. Indie rock, folk rock. <laughs> got a little, <laughs> little Afro-punk for you. Got some uh, country Americana. Uh, progressive rock and even some soul R&B. So, holy cow. Is there any genre we're not talking about on the show? No yeah. metal. No metal. No jazz. No classical. Uh, usually I'm, I'm, I bring the metal most of the time or you do one of the two of us, but just had, didn't work out this week. Well, we've done a lot of metal lately, so it's good to get something else in here. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, what do you say, man? Shall we uh, talk about some new releases? Or? Let's get going. Yeah, don't forget, we can listen to all these songs up on Spotify, search for Album Nerds, and all the songs we're going to play now are up there to listen to along. All right, so for my first pick, we're talking about the band Melt Yourself Down and their record that came out in March of 2020 entitled 100% Yes. I like the enthusiasm, man. That's yes. What we, that's what we need. Not just yes, but 100% yes. All yes. uppercase. I'm in. 100%. The track we're going to play is number four from the album. It's entitled Every Single Day. All right, so that was uh, Every Single Day by Melt Yourself Down. Uh, they are a six-piece group from South London. This is their third full-length. Uh, they describe themselves as Nubian-inspired party punk music. Does that sound sure. like a fair description oh, to you, man? I've heard a lot of that. That's com that's pretty common. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's definitely some punk music in there, but they toss in the saxophones, which is kind of a cool little um, 
flourish there. Yeah. It's much more like the rhythm section. Gives it a good bounce. If you're a fan of like Fela Kute, it reminds me a lot of. Real upbeat, like African vibe. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of rock quality going on here too. The big change on this record from the earlier works is the more prominent vocals and also allows them to get into some political and social issues, which is largely what the record is about. Critical, but I would say positive, uh, kind of, you know, again, with like that worldview and kind of uniting people together, I think is the general vibe going on here. What'd you think, man? Is this, uh, do you get down with the sound or? Yeah, kind of. Although it, Kind of switches gears quite a bit, if I'm remembering correctly. Co- the cover of the album is little... Somehow it kind of tells you what you're getting into when you've got the double-faced, four-eyed kid on the cover. Yeah. Where it's, it's something kind of messed up is about to happen. And that's... <laughs> I didn't know what I was listening to at any given moment. I, I, I think it was the sort of chanty vocals, the... Yeah. The, the beats, the saxophone stuff, it was just... So, like, a mishmash was, of sounds, like, things are just yeah. colliding and, like, uh, yeah. chaos? Yeah, absolutely. It was, like, it was a cornucopia of sounds all at the same time, and, and it yeah. didn't have one sort of uh, personality. And I thought, I thought it was cool, for sure. I think that it happens a lot in world music where things just sound a little disjointed, I guess. Because they're, they're not just one culture. It's kind of a mishmash of, mm-hmm. of a different, very different ideas. I feel like we're something a little more high energy and upbeat, and this is a, a pretty cool choice. So once again, it's uh, 100% Yes by Melt Yourself Down. That's a good name, too. So my pick ended up being kind of a little higher energy than I would have expected. Yeah. So this is uh, someone you may have heard of. This is The Strokes from their April 2020 release, The New Abnormal, and this track is called Bad Decisions. Alright, so that was the strokes with the song Make or Just Bad Decisions from the album The New Abnormal. And Andy, I mean, there's some clear influences here on what the strokes are doing now. I mean, in that song alone, I heard Melt With You, I'll Stop the World and Melt With You, as <laughs> sure. well as I heard some Billy Idol influence uh, in there too. I mean, there's some clear 80s new wave stuff coming here from the American rock band Strokes formed in 1998, best known for their sort of garage rock revival mm-hmm. uh, sound or sort of uh, the vocal style with that through a tin can filter sort of thing. And, and they never really quite met those levels again and that sound kind of fizzled right. quickly they yep. sort of disappeared to me i know they're still putting out records a friend of mine mike told me that this came out i had no idea i listened to it once and i was like i what <laughs> what do you think at first man <laughs> yeah i mean i i, I loved uh this is it and listened to that quite a bit and that's what i think yeah. of as the strokes um i didn't like the the albums after i just wasn't into yeah i never really loved it any with them either um so i was kind of going to this and everybody was kind of positive on it that i'd heard ahead of time 
So I was expecting this is it, like part two, which was not. So I'd really kind of like was disappointed by it, I guess, at first. But then you were like, hey, this is actually pretty good. We should talk about it. So mm-hmm. I went back to it and I definitely changed my opinion once I kind yeah, of it was, removed that stigma. Rick Rubin produced this and brought something out that, first of all, Julian Casablanca's, I think his singing is better. He has a good falsetto on a lot of these songs. It does have a, you know, there's a electronica sort of feel to it here and there, but it definitely has a new wave 80s sound to it. But yeah. it's done well and I like the songs. I like the song writing. You know, one thing though, when I first heard it, I'll try not to take too much time here, but did you, did you enjoy the Saturday Night Live back in the, in the early 2000s? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Okay. So the, the first song on the album is called The Adults Are Talking. I'm just going to play the first couple seconds of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's nice, right? Kind of drum machine stuff going on here. So as soon as I heard it, I had this thought. I'm like, that reminds me of something. And I went and dug this up. Maybe you'll remember this from Saturday Night Live. One, two, one, two, three, four. And... I was like, oh my God, it's the Christmas time song from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so I just cut a little bit of that into here. But it, so Similar. that was my first thought. Similar. I was like, what the hell are they doing? And after I listened to it a second time, a third time, a fourth time, the album, it grew on me and grew on me. And now I'm like a fan. Like a, I like this album a lot and I wasn't expecting to. Yeah, I, I feel like they've really matured a lot in the last couple of decades and uh, the songwriting here is really, really grown up and I think it sounds really polished and these are just solid, they're solid songs. Um, a song like uh, Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus I think is maybe one of the cooler songs I've heard this year. And then one other st- standout to me was the uh, couple songs later, Eternal Summer, uh-huh. which... <laughs> There's a moment out there where they sound almost like Pink Floyd to me. I, I yeah, like, <laughs> totally. I was going to say there's some Pink Floydy moments in there. Which is like, what? The I know. <laughs> but they pull it off. And I'm not quite yeah, sure works. how. It I mean, sounds there right, are familiar yeah. sounds, but they did a great job of making it their own. And I really can't believe how much I like this because at first I was, you know, I was yeah. ready to think it sucked before I even started listening to it. Yeah, well, it's a good case for going back to these records, especially if, you know, this has gotten a lot of praise, and I think uh, I think it's deserved. So, sometimes you yeah. for those critics, I guess. <laughs> sometimes you do, yeah. Uh, so, please do go check out The Strokes, The New Abnormal, whether you liked them before or not. There's a lot of there's a lot to like here, and it's yeah. a fun album to listen to, and it's just a bop along. You're sad when it's over, and you start it over, and then you end up loving it. So, <laughs> the nice. new abnormal, and that's what we're living in, right? Yeah, perfect title. Holy cow! All right, so for my second nearly's pick here, we're talking about a folk rock artist out of New Zealand. Uh, her name is Nadia Reed. She put out an album entitled Out of My Providence in March of this year. We are going to play a cut that is about eh, about two-thirds of the way through the record. This is entitled, I Don't Want to Take Anything from You.
sky is bright The time is here Why don't you call him so This is Nadia's third full length Primarily singer-songwriter She wasn't really a musician by trade or anything she just happened into put out a self-produced record early on and got picked up by some some folks who liked it and she ended up signing a contract and now she's actually kind of doing it as a legit thing and i think she's really coming to her own on these last two records especially this one i think is her strongest to date um she has a very elegant pristine sound to it and that is in part due to the production by a guy we talked about on the show a few times um matthew e white's does that ring any oh, yeah. bells for you, man? I remember the name. I don't remember what else he was involved in. He does a lot of production now, but we talked about one of his records that he did that had kind of like a cool like gospel sound to it with a lot of like warm keyboards, but more of like an organ type sound to it. Mm. And you hear a little bit of that on this record. It's a very beautifully produced record. I think it's almost like its strongest quality. There's a lot of lush instrumentation, a lot of strings that maybe you wouldn't hear typically in a folk record. So it sounds amazing, I think. And she does a nice job of really accenting those lush moments with some like really nice, quiet, vulnerable moments like we kind of heard there on that last cut, which I think she really just accents those beautifully with her punctuation and the lyrics she chose and kind of like the intent behind them. I, th- I think it really works nicely here. What did you think, man? It's pleasant. It didn't grab me by the shirt, you know, but it, it, it was nice. I mean, she has a nice voice and um, like you said, it does have a very kind of comfy sound to it. Mm-hmm. So it it's easy to just play and listen to. I didn't, uh, I didn't listen to it more than three times though so sometimes if it doesn't make it to four who knows but (laughs) yeah i i believe this one deserves some more of my attention because i was listening to it more as a preparation thing rather than really letting myself sink into it and i Mm -hmm. think i could but i'm not sure yet what about lyrically what 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 are the themes Uh, well it's a lot about relationships of course i think a lot about maybe stepping outside yourself is the is the vibe i get Kind of like the opposite of introspection. <laughs> like, outrospection. Outrospection. Copyright. Outrospection. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's probably one of my most listened to records of this year. And there was a plateau. Like once I got past a point, I started to kind of like it sank in with me and I got it. Gotcha. So now it's it's pretty comfortable for me to listen to. Cuckoo. Yeah. So that's uh, Nadia Reed out of my province. It's a pretty enjoyable folk rock record. So... I'm bringing not a dissimilar sound. This is a little more country Americana, but there's some folk mixed in here. It's The White Buffalo. The album is called On the Widow's Walk from April of 2020. And the track is called Problem Solution. Well, it's a new day One more chance to step in the light Sun is out Feel what it's all about All right, so that was The White Buffalo. The album is On the Widow's Walk, and that track is Problem Solution. And uh, The White Buffalo is a professional moniker and stage name of American musician and singer-songwriter Jake Smith, uh, born in Oregon, raised in California, 
grew up listening to punk music and country music. And you can kind of hear that here. <laughs> yeah. um, he obviously has a little bit of Bob Dylan, some Leonard Cohen going on. And it's earthy, hooky, meat and potatoes. That song, what I really like about that song, Problem Solution, is that I feel like the first half, the more the world's going to break your bones, or was it balls? I, I couldn't quite tell. But they like the world's going to destroy you. And then it breaks into the second half. So the problem and then the solution was it's uh -huh. a new day. We're going to move on and it's all sunshiny and stuff, even with that deep voice, that yeah. baritone. What do you think, dude? Smart songs, man. Good, good songwriting. I think my biggest takeaway, like I, I enjoyed the record. I'll just say that up front. Like I thought it was really good. He has a nice way of singing about things that are sad, but making it kind of an uplifting uh, listen overall. But I think I would say was that, especially like on that song, Problem Solution, and the song like No History, a couple songs later, where he's like, he's really like spouting some wisdom, like in the song itself, like he's talking about really like philosophical type topics. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't sound preachy. He just sounds like no. he's just kind of talking about how it is and you know, maybe everybody else isn't quite as evolved as he is, but he puts it out there in a very plain way. And it sounds like I listen to him like, yeah, you know, he's probably right about that. Actually. It's <laughs> a good point. So I, I really, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I feel like I, like I almost like learned a lot listening to this record. So yeah, good. that's cool, man. I mean, you know, this guy does have that every man sort of gruff dude, but he's got hidden gems of wisdom and a little sparkle in his eye and mm -hmm. I've I've enjoyed his albums over the years but this one was produced by uh, Shooter Jennings son of Waylon Jennings okay his the tone the feel that kind of like outlaw country swagger comes through on this album more than others of the White Buffalo mm -hmm. that I've listened to and I really I really enjoyed this one when I saw it was out I'm like oh, I always check out his albums but this one caught me immediately and I just really love it it's just good shit that's all I can say yeah it's a really <laughs> solid record I, I I don't think many people will dislike this. So go check out the White Buffalo on the Widow's Walk. We think you'll uh, like it. Yeah. All right, man. I think it's about time to, uh, you know, open the back door, call in the pooches from the yard. Oh, dogs. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. My personal favorite time. And boy, I got a dog today that's been... <laughs> oh, God. He's old. He's an old gnarly dog. <laughs> oh, dude. Talking about... Frank Zappa, one of my personal favorites here, a record that he put out in 1976 entitled Zoot Allures. We are going to play a cut right from the middle of the record. This is Find Her Finer. But if you want to tickle her tree, now really, what should you do? Alright, so that's Finer Finder from Zoot Allures by Frank Zappa. Uh, if you know anything about me, you know I love my Frank Zappa. So why, did, why pick this record? This is his 22nd yeah. studio album, kind of in the middle <laughs> of his career. Had you heard this one before, man? I don't know. It's all weird to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's so awesome. So this record is... I guess known as one of the more stripped down, like musically, uh, Zappa records. It's a pretty small group. It's not the whole Mother's Clan on this one. 
and a lot of the record is guitar based which is you know Zepp is known for his guitar and playing here but there's a few yes. tracks that are like really guitar heavy um, which is cool because he's he was an excellent guitar player or the kind of the goofy side got blown out of proportion and maybe his guitar prowess wasn't quite as appreciated as much um, but there's a few tracks in here that really feature it awesome like uh, Black Napkins and the title track are both pretty much just guitar songs so what do you think about those songs man did you it's all a blur it's all a whip of mashed potatoes and chocolate pudding is what it feels like <laughs> yeah it's a weird kind of cartoonish combination yes. collection of songs here definitely oh yeah no the, the wacky voices and and all that it, it uh you know as always i want i desperately want to be a zappa guy I do. I've just wanted to for you because I've known so many people that are and I respect their tastes and everything. I just can't find, I just can't find that connection. Do you appreciate the more comical ones like, uh, you know, wind up working a gas station or No, Miss Pinky? I think I don't. I think that's what it is, is I don't, I'm not really typically good on the, the comical, silly stuff, uh, you know? Like I want to hear about him raising his kids or the struggles of life or whatever, and I hate to to crap on it because I by no means think that I know Frank Zappa is incredible and awesome and talented and did things no one had done before, but I just haven't found my way to enjoying it, and I <laughs> I'm sad about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad about that too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not for everybody. I, I've, I definitely have tried to turn people on to him in the past, and it doesn't always stick because he's a very odd character. I don't know if this is even like an approachable record. It's a fun record. It's probably one of the ones I listen to most because there's so many fun songs on here. And if you listen to a lot of his live music, there's songs on here, especially um, Zeta Lowers and uh, Torch Never Stops get played pretty much in every or most of the bigger shows, at least. They were kind of mainstays for them for decades. Have you taken any interest in Dweezil Zappa? And he does a Zappa on Zappa tour yeah, where like he does covers, his dad's yeah. music. I've heard some of it. Out of- yeah, okay. yeah, I actually came to town here. It, it's certainly not that bad. He's a pretty talented guitar player himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't... There's something about Frank's persona that I think really made him... Especially, like, right. so that last song we heard where he's singing, like, that kind of, like, back of the throat, like... Yeah. Really, like, just... It's just like, yeah. it just sounds like a sleazy, like, car salesman vibe or something going on. I don't know. I just love it. It's just so much personality. And yeah, I mean, you can't go around with most of its photography, but I think this is a pretty, pretty good one. If you like guitar, you know, if you appreciate guitar playing as well, I think this is a, one of the stronger guitar records. So I'm going to have to figure it out someday. I'm going to have to maybe take an online course on Zappa <laughs> and figure out. I'd appreciate how to approach it because I desperately I saw you picked one I'm like all right cool another opportunity to and I'm listening to it I'm like I don't think I like this Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) well maybe we'll try some from a different time period in his career because he does things change a lot that's one I see about him is he's got a broad repertoire of sounds it's a weird combination of like goofy and complex which I think is yes it's hard to to really get behind but it's a good record I, I listen to it all the time it's uh, Zoo Allures by Frank Zappa alright so completely switching gears on my old dog pick I went with a soul R&B album from the mid 80s this is Anita Baker <laughs> totally the album is Rapture 
I know this doesn't sound like something I'd be into, but youthful things. Uh, the track is You Bring Me Joy. All right, so that was Anita Baker from the album Rapture. You Bring Me Joy was the song. That album's from 1986. I loved it then. I loved things like Anita Baker, Whitney Houston, Luther Vandross, that kind of stuff. And, you know, U2 and, and other things, like just anything yeah, at like that point in my life. Was middle school, yeah. uh, late middle school, early high school-ish area and... uh I just always loved her voice and I would listen to these songs. I There's a nostalgia to this and I know it's like not to, like, this is a prime example of the kind of thing. If I heard this brand new fresh, I'd be like, oh boy, that is hammy. <laughs> but her voice is amazing and there's a sort of jazzy, there's a jazz undertone to it and I know it's got an 80s sound. I mean, it was recorded in the 80s. It was. But I just, I love this album. It has several hits on it. Rapture. Same Old Love, Sweet Love was the biggest hit. But it's got this gospel stuff going on as well in terms of her style. What do you think, dude? Yeah. I, I I hesitate to ask. You know, like I was excited that you picked this because I, I liked her growing up. I remember thinking highly of her. But going back to it, yeah, I got, I really got caught up on the, the 80s vibe. <laughs> it's, it's not every song is like that. There's like some that are just more like traditional piano. But when they brings in like those drums and the synths and stuff it's like oh well, my god! we ran into that with terrence trent darby uh a right. few shows back yeah. when we were listening to to him and i can overlook that because i i look back nostalgically as that being a yeah. signature sound of a time but if you don't enjoy that sound those those kind of canned horns um it's like elevator music sort of it's like well, this was more along the adult contemporary side of things. This wasn't as poppy as Whitney Houston, and she was right. having big hits around the same time. Right. She was a lot more sort of dancing around in her videos and <laughs> yeah, being more energy. of a yeah, diva, uh, a pop artist. And this was okay. more of an adult artist, right. like would be playing right. in a jazz club kind of a thing, so you know? Do you think Whitney, like her music from this time period, sounds as tied to the 80s as yes. Anita's does? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and listen to like the, the boop, 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 80s sort of synth sound <laughs> yes. stuff in yeah. like How Will I Know and so songs like that. Um, yeah, it is super 80s. Her her first couple of records in particular, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, great, great voice though. I mean, obviously, just yes. classic voice. Like the songwriting is great too, especially those those hits you mentioned are all sound they're good. But I just grew up loving this album, and I still listen to it on vinyl, and I enjoy it. So sometimes to the show, I bring what I guess is a guilty pleasure because it's certainly not the kind of music I look for. But if I found something like this now that sounded like this, I think I'd be drawn to it because mm -hmm. of the nostalgia. Because I like that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, please do, you know, if you like the 80s soul vibe or you used to like this album when you were young, go check it out again. It's really fun to listen to. It's pretty short, as are a lot of albums from that time period, 30, 40 minutes. And uh, it brought me joy. <laughs> so and my wife my wife loves this album too, so we do listen to it pretty regularly. So Anita nice. Baker, 
Rapture. All right. Well, hopefully you brought a little bit of joy to your worlds. Ooh, nice segue. <laughs> we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, six more album recommendations for you. In the meantime, if you want to subscribe to the show or leave us a rating on iTunes, that would be super appreciated. Uh, oh, just check out what the dude's been doing a lot on Instagram lately. So you can follow us at Album Nerds or at Album Nerds Dude, right? Yep, yep. That's that's my personal one where I just put stuff from my collection, take pictures. And if you have any album recommendations for us, email us, podcast at albumnerds.com, or you can reach out to us, obviously, on Twitter and Instagram. But uh, if you like the good old-fashioned email, you will get an answer from us, guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right. Thanks for listening, and hope uh, everybody's staying safe and healthy, and we look forward to uh, bringing some more music in a couple weeks. See ya. Bye, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Peace.